Welcome to Real Estate Rewind, the podcast that takes you back to where it all started. Nick Baldwin talks to top producers from all levels and brokerages in real estate about how they built the businesses they have now and achieved success through failure. Now, here's your host, Nick Baldwin. Hey, it's Nick Baldwin. Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Rewind, where I sit down with top producers and talk about their path to success through personal obstacles and failure. And today I've got Samantha DiBianchi. She's an entrepreneur, real estate investor, branding genius, influencer, and thought leader. After launching her first business as a first grader selling toys and occasionally her parents' possessions to her classmates, she realized her sales savvy early on, and she's since grown a globally recognized real estate business and personal brand. When she's not buying and selling homes or growing her businesses, Sam is educating major network television audiences about real estate, marketing, and business, or voicing her views on hot topics to publications like Forbes, The Huffington Post, and more. Sam's expertise has been seen on CNBC, Fox News, Fox Business, Bloomberg, and CNBC World, and has spoken to audiences as large as 4,500 or more at sold-out conferences from New York to Australia. She was also the first woman to be cast on Bravo's Million Dollar Listing Miami series. Engaging regularly with her six-figure social media follower base, Sam shares her thoughts, ideas, and recommendations on entrepreneurship, branding, and lifestyle, and of course, real estate. Sam, thank you so much for being here. It's so great to have you and always fun to talk to you. What's going on? How are you? What's up? I am good. That's like a long bio. I'm pumped from that bio. I hope everyone else is. Well, (laughs) done a lot. But of course, you know, the first thing I have to ask you about is stealing your parents' possessions and selling them to your classmates. Can we just, can we just talk about that for a second? So clearly ethics was out the door, but I didn't know at the time, you know, I looked at like items that maybe my parents weren't using or that I thought maybe they didn't want. And I said, well, we might as well make the most of this and make some money. And let's just say I have hustled every single year since the, since the first grade, I've sold everything but drugs (laughs) And it's been good. I've learned from every business since the first grade. The first grade I learned, you know, how to kind of first find out what people liked and wanted based on just conversations. Um, And I got in trouble very early on. So the second grade, I would kind of talk to these, my classmates um, during recess, during playground. That was like my time to really wheel and deal. And I got caught again, not as quickly as first grade. Third grade was when I learned to do the negotiating during recess, put the item in their backpack when nobody was looking and I'd get the cash soon after. And in third grade, I sold sticker books. And I remember I sold a book for $200. So that's that's big money in the third grade. Hold on a second. What third grader had 200 bucks on them? I have no idea, but I remember it was this girl, Taylor Burke, and she had $200, and the hot ticket then was sticker books, and she bought it, 200 bucks. Wow. good for you, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you sold your parents' possessions, and you sold your own toys, or were they other people's toys? No, they were, they were my toys. The one thing that really was crappy in the second grade I remember, you know, we were coming back from recess and I saw my parents and the teacher by the front door. And I was Mm. thinking, 
crap. Like they caught on to me. And the time that what I learned from then, because what I had to do was give back everyone's money and they got to keep the items. So that's why I went to a little more of stealth mode the following year and did the whole backpack trick. And yeah, now look at me now. I mean, that's, uh, first of all, that's hysterical. While other kids are having lemonade stands, you're selling your parents' stuff. So I had lemonade stands too. I had lemonade stands. I had car washes. I did landscaping. I sold cookies. Hmm. You name it. I literally, I've done it. I think it's fantastic. So early on, you knew, listen, say, look, if I could get 200 bucks for a sticker book, just imagine the possibilities. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you, why, why I wanted to have you on the show, I mean, the show, it's about a lot of things. It's about failures. It's about beginnings. It's about obstacles. But you have a really interesting beginning. And you spoke at uh, my event, the Lab Code Agents event, and you told your story. And I love your story because you did a lot of things early on that just basically a lot of agents just weren't willing to do. And you've done a lot of this, if not all of it, without a publicist, right? You still don't have one? Right. I do have someone that if I need a little boost, he's there mm-hmm. to just kind of bounce ideas. But no, every time I'm on television, that's through myself. But you went out and through me. they book right through you? Right. They just reach out to me. So I want to talk about, let's go back right to the beginning. You got into real estate and talk about how you just first started building your brand. You you had talked about how you were writing articles for the local newspaper and agents just weren't really, really willing to do that. They were just kind of taking out ads and that gets kind of boring. There's no value there, right? So tell, tell our listeners a little bit about how you created that expertise for yourself through writing articles for the newspaper. Sure. So... You know, when you first get your license or even if you're experienced and you just kind of fall into a rut or a slow season, you always have to go, what I say is, is back to basics and think about what you're good at and what can what you're good at that reflects who you are, what you stand for and your brand. And for me, I love to write. I love to teach. And I would, you know, write my blogs and I would post, just post on social media and everyone posts their listings and other properties, but I would give my opinion on things. So if rates went down, I would give my opinion as to what that means for buyers, what that means for sellers, what that means for the market and kind of make myself an authority, someone that people can, can trust. And it also put myself out there as this is who I am. If you work with me and you know, that essentially attracts people who think that they would connect with you and work well with you to reach out to you. So it kind of works and benefits you in so many ways. And, you know, it's something I could say, again, it's, it's whether you just got your license and you need to kind of build that brand and build that momentum and find out what kind of agent you are. But it's also great. You know, I've been in this for 10 years and I still go back to basics and do the same things. Yeah, so you're just providing value, giving your opinion, and you're doing that now on Fox News, giving your opinion on what's going on with the market or what's going on with technology and so on and so forth. And, you know, you've made yourself this go-to resource, which I think is amazing. A lot of agents just don't know how to do that. Well, I don't think it's about not knowing how to do it. I, I was talking to one of my friends recently, and, and she was saying how it's something Gary Vee talks about, apparently. And I don't follow Gary Vee, but... Um, I know he's very blunt as well. And it's about how a lot of people don't want to do free work and they feel, oh, well, it's free. And 
I'm above that or I should be entitled to pay. And look, totally get it, totally respect it. However, if you feel that you're above free work, technically, yes. Did I write for the paper for free? Yes. Every time I'm on any news channel, it's for free. I am a guest. Anytime, you know, I blog, I'm not getting paid to blog, all of these things. And to me, it's not that I'm doing it for free. I'm getting value from that. I'm getting value when I'm in the newspaper. I'm getting value when I'm on television. I'm getting value being on this podcast. I mean, you're not paying me unless I'm missing that memo. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's the fact that it's, it's free advertising for me. It's free PR. It's free marketing. And that's, I mean, people spend tens of thousands of, of dollars a month on that. And here you are getting an opportunity to put yourself out there in front of, who knows how many people and, and how many times it's going to be put out there and, and how many people will see it. And I mean, that's so valuable, but I can't tell you how many people are like, well, I don't want to do that because that's, I, it's not a good use of my time or I'm not getting paid for that. I mean, get with the program. I mean, in order to make money, you've got to be doing things, you know, and seeing the long term, not the short term, insta famous, insta money, insta everything. It's just, Insta success does not exist, or it's very, very short term if it does. Yeah, I mean, that brings me to something I just completely thought of. Uh, you know, the, the word influencer is thrown around a lot, right? And just because someone has hundreds of thousands or millions of followers on Instagram or Facebook, they're just considered an influencer, right? But I think what you're doing, you know, you earned the right in the sense that you've always been providing value. So I'm imagining that the value that you are providing your market in the world for free and by allowing yourself to do whatever you needed to do to get your face and your name out there, I'm assuming that translates over to your clients, uh, your agents at your brokerage, because that's just kind of the way you built your brand. Would you, would you agree with that? Right. I mean, anything on my social, I don't just show the glamorous side. I mean... Half the time I'm sweating profusely and I'm out there. I mean, in South Florida right now, it's like 100 degrees and it's 100% humidity. But I show the real grit and grind and, you know, I don't close every deal. I definitely do not sell the most. I don't want to sell the most. I want to have a good, healthy balance in life. I, I work with people, not price. And I sit down with my clients. I sell them multi-million dollar properties. And then I sell them investment portfolios of properties that are 100 to 200,000. And I work with that same person doing both of that. I don't work just on transactions. I don't buy leads. So I am a very different type of realtor. I take care of my clients and my clients take care of me. Yeah, we were talking on the phone a few weeks back about, about that as well, like how you're very sphere of influence based and there's a lot of repeat and referral. You just don't have the, the desire to be like the biggest agent in Florida, right? Like as long as you are serving people the right way and you have a good business. And we were also talking, which we'll get into in a second, you are investing in yourself and, and with income producing properties too. So you're not just focused on the retail side of it. You're also focused on the, your, your own side of it by, by purchasing and flipping homes and renting them out. Let's just get into it now. The industry is changing. Agents are falling behind and they're complaining about the market, but you're going out there and making, making choices to create your own destiny by, by investing in real estate. 
So when did you start doing that? And how does that look for you? Yeah. So before we get into that, I, again, what you said is so many agents, they, they focus on the deal, the deal, the deal, the deal, instead of just the person and reaching out to people and checking in with them and presenting them with opportunities. And that's something that I always do. You know, you have your list of clients or contacts, your sphere of influence. And if you present them with a great opportunity, if they have the financial ability to, to do that, they will do that. So present opportunities instead of just waiting for opportunities. I mean, this is real estate. People are buying and selling and renting all the time. And that's just, it's so crazy important to be doing that. And I think that's, that's a huge issue in our business and in our industry is that people are looked at as, as numbers instead of people. And, you know, I, I try to change that when I, you know, kind of express my thoughts and opinions on social media. As far as my personal investments, yes, every, I currently own nine properties. I Airbnb them. I do very, very well with them. And I did that honestly, because uh, a couple of reasons, one, obviously the financial aspect of it, but my background before real estate was in hospitality. I used to manage nightclubs. Um, I actually was also an adjunct professor. I created a course called nightclub management that I taught. Yes. That's very- 100 students. Yes. And uh, I did very well with that. And um, yeah, I just really enjoy real estate and hospitality combined. And obviously real estate is something I know inside and out. And it's, it's just, it's great. And I created a vlog and I showcase what I've done with Airbnbs and I've gotten a ton of positive feedback. And again, the vlog I don't get paid and I put it out there and I can't tell you how many clients I got of either my clients that I already had or new people that saw the vlog and they're like, wow, I want you to help me buy more Airbnbs or I want you to manage my Airbnbs. And again, I presented an opportunity for myself by just being myself. And I think that's just awesome. If you can just be exactly who you are and clients come because they like you and want to work with you. I mean, that's just a win all around. Yeah. So, uh, we'll put the vlog in the show notes. If you're listening to it, you could just go click on there. It's on, it's on, uh, it's on YouTube and I, I enjoy watching it. And it's kind of like your adventures in kind of looking for properties and flipping them and, you know, just that whole process, right? It's, it's entertaining. It's not glamorous at all. Like I do my own makeup. My hair is a disaster. Humidity is at all time highs. Like it is not million dollar listing at all. So if you want sexy real estate, not happening. It's hundred dollar listing. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's the way to make money. And I did that because, you know, again, I love being a realtor, but I also love having my money make me money. And it's one thing to transact and to work with clients. It's another thing to also work with clients and then say, yeah, I know that you could buy this home and eventually you could rent it out. You can Airbnb and you can make this much and, and, and broadening your expertise and your knowledge and educating other people. And that gives you value as an agent. And that's something that I always tell any agent I meet if you can't answer the question, why should somebody use you, then you should not be in real estate, hands down. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know what? It's interesting. So for my first several years in real estate, I had never bought or sold. And then I bought my first house. And then I just, I like, I looked at the process in a completely different way, completely different way. Yeah. And I was, and I was that buyer when I was buying the house. You know what I mean? I was the buyer that I hate. 
<laughs> and I was working with my, my mother was representing me and she's like, you are not acting like a professional realtor. <laughs> and I'm like, but <laughs> they're not going to fix the, uh. you know, so I completely, yeah. Until you're buying or investing, listen, you can be a great agent and rent, but I do believe that if you haven't purchased one of your own products, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Go through that process and then you'll completely be able to relate on a different level. I have not invested in real estate other than my own personal properties, but I do plan to do that next year. So I'll be consulting with you on that, hopefully for free. But anyway, <laughs> um, let's get into, I'm fascinated by the fact that you don't really have a full-time publicist and you are able to create you know, a brand for yourself. And I love watching you on Fox News. It's always fun. Uh, explain that process, uh, like how you positioned yourself to get, you know, your first interview on one of those programs. What'd that look like? So the first time I was on was 2012. So this is way before million dollar listing. Million dollar listing had nothing to do with it. I was published well before that. And I, in this case, knew someone, and again, this is all public information. You can find television bookers. They're out there. It's what they do. I knew I wanted to be on television and I prepared myself by getting media trained, which is um, you have a trainer that teaches you how to speak to a camera in a, in a room. Let's say if you're um, being interviewed remotely, you learn how to just speak to a camera, which it sounds easy, but it's, it's like a mind I don't know if we can curse. A mind F. You can curse. This is a this is <laughs> least PG thirteen. It's it's a mind fuck. So you have an earpiece in, got a camera, and you know millions of people are watching you, but you don't see anyone. You just right. hope for the best. You hope that you don't hear feedback, which is you hear yourself as you you're speaking, which has happened before, and you also hope you know the question, the answers to the questions because it's live. So other than that, it's a piece of cake, and fortunately. I, I got media trains, which again, that whole process was great. I, I was I did one day, eight hours, and this trainer worked with huge CEOs and presidents of companies. And he showed me, he was like, this was before they went on television. And they were in those interviews, those guys were sweating, they were nervous, they were shaking. And then he showed me afterward and he was explaining the difference. He was explaining to me, you know, if you don't know how to answer a question, how to get out of it, which... Uh, funny enough, those same tactics work in listing appointments. You know, if you don't know exactly what to do, it's like, well, that's a great question, but let me tell you this. Or, you know, the more important thing is this, this, and that. So I had to essentially segue. And as soon as I was done, I felt more confident. And um, there was a friend who was a regular guest on television. He's like, Sam, I think you'd be great. Here's my friend. She, she's going to put you on. She put me on one time. And right before I went on, she said, you know, if you don't do a good job, nobody's ever going to ask you back on television ever again. So make sure you do well. I'm like, great. Hmm. So when I had 30 minutes notice, I went on. And it's actually, it's on my YouTube. I remember exactly, I was wearing this red dress. I was very serious. And um, after that interview, apparently they loved me. And they asked me on, I think a week later, and they kept reaching out to me directly. Again, your information is out there in the public. And then other producers watch, you know, other shows. And then other producers called me. And then I would reach out to different um, new shows on Twitter and, give them interesting things to cover and interesting twists and angles. 
just like I did when I started blogging when I first got in real estate. And the rest is history. It's, I mean, literally it's, it sounds, maybe I'm making it sound like, oh, this is so easy. Mm. It's easy when you look at the specifics and logistics, but at the end of the day, you do have to be good at television. You do need to be able to speak well. You do need to know a lot of stats and information. Um, you need to be able to retain information and be able to explain it in such a way that the majority of people in this country can understand. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's a lot to it. And if you're not great on camera, blogging is a great thing. There's always writers out there looking for people to give quotes. A great site is harrow.com, H-A-R-O.com. Every day you'll get emails from different writers and reporters saying, hmm. hey, I need you know, someone to give me a quote or a story about real estate, or it could be about business. I mean, there's so many different topics. Real estate's just one of them, but the tools are out there. You just got to get off your butt, go, go do them. But again, this is not anything that you're going to get paid. So for those looking for money, this is, this is the wrong podcast interview to listen to. Yeah. So basically like, if you want to do stuff for free and not get paid, this is the show for you. Um, <laughs> to be on TV, you have to speak good and know stuff, but <laughs> no, it's a very important lesson what you're teaching. So many agents just want the easy fix, right? Like, you know, I invest in real estate. I invest in, in leads for my team, but we're also very heavy, heavy with sphere. We're about 60% sphere. So you know, that's where the real income comes from. You appreciate people that appreciate you, but, but you're teaching a very important lesson, like doing the work, you know, putting yourself out there, you know, getting into the hustle, writing the blogs, doing the videos and investing back into yourself. Like you said, you went to training to learn how to get comfortable on camera, if that's even a thing. But it's important. I mean, you're the local expert. Create yourself as the local expert. Be the niche celebrity. That's what, you know, Tristan and I in Lab Code Agents, we always, we have a we have a a presentation where we talk about being the niche celebrity. Like choose an area or a subject that you feel you're really good at and just drive that home. And that's I think another, you know, something I'm sorry, what were you going to Say. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's funny because I hate the word celebrity because it takes away from how serious our business should be taken because buying a piece of real estate is one of the riskiest investments out there. I believe it's number one, actually. So, you know, celebrity is it's a funny word because I did this um, podcast years ago and it was the most highly attended. I think it was like out of the, the avenue, which I did it through, it was like 5,000 people's a live podcast and 5,000 people watch. And the e-blast that went out was if you want to be a celebrity realtor. And I got so upset about that. And they were like, no, this is going to be great. But everyone attended. Yeah. And it was, And they said like, they rave. This is like the highest attendance we've ever had. So I just think that it's a bit ridiculous because celebrity should be more of the most uh, no, well-known, respected, the best reputation. Just like if you're searching for a doctor, I don't look at just how many stars I read the reviews because you can pay for all that stuff. You can pay to get uh, tons of stars. You can pay for all these things. I mean, we know, you know, you go on Zillow and everyone has five stars who doesn't have five stars. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be real. 
but like really read uh, those reviews and, yeah. and, and look at as many review sites as possible. Um, and it's just so important, but yeah, that's why you want to be known or I want to be known as Sam knows her shit. Like you go to her because she's not going to tell you and, and overestimate your property just to get the listing. She's not going to reduce her commission. She's not going to do any of that. She's going to give you the nitty gritty. She's going to tell you how to get your property sold, or she's going to tell you the real deal on what it means to buy a property and what works and what to think about if and when you are buying a property with her. So she's not chasing the money. She's not chasing the commission. She wants is looking out for your best interest. And that's what I want to be known for. Another phrase that we use is digital mayor, right? Like, so, you know, if you're going to create a brand around yourself on Facebook or Instagram, you know, in a specific area, you know, essentially dominate that area. I do agree with you. Celebrity is a silly name when you're talking about real estate agents, because I think, I mean, really like the TV shows have kind of given that, uh, <laughs> give, we'll get yeah. into million dollar listings. Like, but it has, right? Like it's, yeah, it, it has given, I think it's a double-edged sword in the sense, right? Like if the show is done well, it can make us look really good. But if it's, but sometimes, you know, they need it. They need a storyline that you're familiar with this, Sam. They need storylines that grow. Oh man, they're fighting again. Or, you know, that type of thing. Or they edit me when I'm crying about something horrible and they edit it to, to be as though I'm crying over another realtor. Of course not. Can I tell you a story before I ask you about million dollar listing? Because I have to ask you about it, right? Uh, so I did a I did a show on HGTV like my first year in the business, and my it was a second season called Bought and Sold, and my mom was on season one, and then I was on season two, and they played up like the mother son relationship. Anyway, there was a scene where I was opening up the door to a condo, and I put one key in and it didn't open. Then I put the other key in and it opened, but the way they edited it, they made it look like. I kept trying all these keys and it wouldn't open like eight or nine times. I'm like, guys, I had two keys, you know, like that's how they edit things. Will this rookie realtor be able to get into the condo? You mean reality TV isn't real? It's hilarious. Anyway. All right. Well, I want to talk about million dollar listing. Cause I want to know, did that help your business? You know, yes. did it, it did. Okay. In a major way. Uh, and- legitimately. Oh yeah. And look, we were just one season. Imagine if I was on like, I don't know what New York is on. I think 10 seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I still get calls from it. And our, uh, our show ended as far as being aired, I want to say 2014. So it's nuts. I mean, some of my best clients came from television and you would think, you know, who's going to call from that and yeah. Is it real? I mean, look, I got a lot of people that everyone suddenly was calling about a $10 million penthouse they wanted. So you kind of have to, you know, weed through people, but yeah, some of some clients that have become really good friends of mine came from that show. Hmm. So it's just, it's the visibility factor. And that's so important. And look, obviously a very small percentage of realtors can be on television and I don't want to just say, oh, go on TV and your business will grow. Like there's, you can go and, and again, create your own YouTube. You can go and just be great with your Instagram story or IGTV. I mean, there's so many other 
ways to just get your face out there. And that's something else, the digital mayor. I mean, you can go and you can post and post, but if you have nothing going on after that, like you can't just speak to people, if you can't relay your knowledge and educate people and, and be a great realtor, then you're wasting your time because there's one thing to be, you know, that creeper who just is like behind the computer all the time. And then there's another thing to know, okay, now I need to go and shake hands and talk to people because this business is not just tech-based. This business is people-based. And you need to be good with people, not just your social media. So, yeah, I want, let's talk about that a little bit. It's a good segue, right? So technology is, like, really kind of taking over. I mean, and people think that it is, in a sense. Like, there's a shift in the industry. It's definitely a tech-based shift with the Zillows and the Realtors and the Open Doors and so on and so forth, right? But I think what it really comes down to, I don't think, I mean, I know what it really comes down to is people like to work with people that they know, like, and trust. And you've built your business on that. How are you kind of getting in front of all this technology and other than on social media and Facebook, let's talk about some real actionable stuff that you're doing to keep your repeat and referral business going in your real estate uh, world. So I'll be honest with you, I'm not crazy tech heavy because I have found that technology takes me further away from my clients, if that makes any sense. Because my clients, like, I check in with them. We recently almost had a, a very large hurricane hit us. And I reach out to all of my clients and say, hey, just want to make sure you're okay, you're in town. If you're not in town, is there anything I can do? And it's that personal touch and just caring that makes such a difference. And they're in the, I'm in their head, like, and, and look, this is not coming from me trying to get a deal from them. This is just being genuine. Mm-hmm. And that genuine sense of caring and reaching out to them is so much better than, you know, the e-blast or anything else, you know, that's reaching out. I'm not saying don't use technology, right. but again, it is to really mix in that personal touch and just caring about those clients you know, I go through my phone. A lot of times I'm, I'm on a plane. I'm in New York at least once a month and I'll go through my phone and I'll just start with a and get to where I can and just text people. Hey, how are you? And as simple as that sounds, I mean, just again, restarting conversation and, and touching people and seeing genuinely how they are. And if there's anything you could do, uh, that's another way. I honestly, I get more business again, just being myself, giving them just certain gifts uh, throughout the holidays, cards. I mean, what we're in September right now. So Mm -hmm. I have to figure out, you know, holiday cards, just always thinking of a way to reach out to them and and just keep them front and center. And that's exactly what I do. I like that. You're just kind of at the airport and you're just like, hmm, you know, let me go through the phone. I haven't talked to this person in a while. That's, that's a really good, really good touch. We can always be doing something to reach out to people. Right. And even, even with that, you know, today, for example, I went to a few brokers opens and I'm taking videos of different properties that are just really beautiful. And most of my clients follow me, especially on Instagram and you know, they're, they're giving me feedback and like, Oh, that kitchen's beautiful. And then we're suddenly getting in conversation of, Oh, you know, how's the house? How are you? And again, it just, it's very natural and organic. I'm not good at the hard sell. I don't like to be that person. Mm -hmm. I'm more of the soft sell. And again, I'm very relationship based versus transactional based. No, that's, that's, that's really, that's really great. 
I know you're going to have to run in a few minutes because you got an appointment, but I just want to talk about real quick about your brokerage, right? I want to talk about DBiagi Real Estate. Uh, how many uh, what, How many agents do you have over there uh, right now? So now we have six. Okay, great. So you're small, but you're fierce, right? I no? mean, I like to think so. <laughs> I, no, I love that. So, wh- and I, that's funny that you say that because I was, I just had this conversation um, with someone earlier. You know, I, I used to have 15 agents. Mm-hmm. And just because you have more people, just because you're selling more doesn't mean you're making more. And I know this is something that we talked about before is there's the bigger the team doesn't mean more money. That just means 100%. a lot more people, a lot more personalities. Your gross number. Yeah, that's great if it's huge. It doesn't, I don't really care about your gross. I care about your net. And that's minus your overhead and all these things you're paying for and salaries and lead gen and your technology. I am very, very lean and I've got amazing company culture. We have zero drama and I get to come in and I love everyone that's here and that I work with. And that to me makes all the difference. Yeah, I love that because there is a lot of focus on gross commission, which means absolutely nothing. But you know, right. and then you look at someone's profit margins. I don't care if someone does, you know, five million GCI. I mean, how much are they taking no. home? I'm making for most of these people. Yeah, they've got huge GCI, and then yeah. when they're taking me to lunch and saying, "Sam, you know, I gained twenty pounds," like. I have all these people on salaries. I'm spending this much in marketing and lead gen. Like, how are you doing it? And I'm like, dude, you got to get rid of all that. Like you got to cut it out, lean it out. Like I'm, I'm netting a lot more than these people because they just feel that they have to keep adding and adding and adding. And you know, you add more fat. It's not a good, I'm trying to look for an analogy on that, but Mm -hmm. the fatter you are, the unhealthier you are, you know, it's just, Nothing good comes from being fat. That's the good. That's a good analogy. Yeah. It's uh, just when you yeah. break, you're not healthy. You're not feeling good. Um, you need to be lean and healthy. No, I agree hundred percent. I've always been like, I don't want to have 30, 40 people that I have to look after. I, it sounds like a nightmare to me. I have very productive agents on my team, a lot like yours. So I'll give you a quick example. So one of my agents uh, came to my team. She was actually the listing agent on the home that I purchased in Michigan when I came out here. And you know, our price point's a little bit lower, but you know, uh, she was the listing agent. It took me a little while to recruit her, but I really liked her. Anyway, long story short, her goal for this year was to to take home $100,000, right? Our average price point's like 243 in Michigan. Anyway, she's going to end the year at like, you know, 130. And so that is a I want I want like five or six of those people, right? Who are selling 25, 30 homes a year. That's what I want. And I think when I see these big teams on Facebook, and I'm friends with a lot of people that have these big teams, though so I don't have anything against them. But if you're if you're you know touting the fact that you sold a thousand homes and you have a hundred agents, I mean it's like you probably if you're not doing that, I'd be worried. You know? Right. Exactly. That just seems again, there's a lot of liability there, there's a lot of drama there. There's a lot of headaches. I mean, I'm not trying to poo-poo it. I mean, more power to you. If that's what makes you happy, Mm -hmm. um, then go ahead and do it. But for me, yeah, I like to keep it lean. I like the ability, again, that I get to go to New York. I have a lot of clients there. I get to really, I have the time to go and sit with them and have meaningful meetings and conversations with clients versus, 
on to the next. I've got 10 minutes with you on your call, this and that. Like, mm-hmm. no, you know, so many clients, I go to their house, we sit back over wine. We talk about, all right, we're going to buy, are we going to sell? What do we do? And, you know, I feel like when you just keep working transactionally and you think I have to sell this amount of homes and this and that, like you actually make less money and you lose your sanity. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not worth it to me. You know, the same person that this one person in particular, and he was just saying, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm selling, I, I did 20 million and this and that. And he's like, but I, you know, I'm just all over the place. I, I haven't traveled in like two years. And I'm thinking like, that's not a, that's not a life to live. You know, I mean, you've got to have balance. Completely hundred percent agree. And I love that, that I love that mindset that you have and the culture that you have in your office and what good is having an enormous business if you just can't enjoy life, you know? Right. I'd right. rather, like you said, cut the fat because fat's unhealthy. Good analogy. Cut the fat from your team because a big team that's unproductive is unhealthy and costs you money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sam, I know you got to run because you're probably going to go have wine with a client. And <laughs> Actually, that's the truth. Is that the truth? It is the truth. Oh. He wants to meet and talk about he's got a lot of properties that I'm going to list. And then again, this is a great example. This client, he knows that I know my shit. And he's like, I have never met a realtor that not only knows their stuff, but that spends time with their client. This guy, before I knew him, he bought a $4 million place and then his realtor disappeared. And that's the best example of like, you can't just disappear. You know, you got it. I was telling him how, you know, I go out and I spend time with my clients. I do this, I do that. And he was like, yeah, I've never heard anything from this realtor ever. So that is a great example of that. That's you know, just, again, keeping that personal relation relationship. And, and just so everyone knows, Sam's cursed twice. So now it's rated R this podcast. <laughs> no, it's been more than that. I think we're, we're on like four or five. Uh, that's okay. And listen, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, I appreciate you being here. Uh, it's always fun to talk to you. And, you know, you've been very supportive of me and my career choices and, 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 and things of that nature. So I appreciate that. I'm proud to call you a friend. And I'm glad that you're on the podcast with us taking time out of your day to do something for free. And it's going to be listened to by people. And those people may be like, hey, I have a referral I want to send to Sam. See, that's the idea, right, Sam? Yeah. I get referrals from even agents that are local. Another great example is he's in my area, but he doesn't have as much experience. And he's like, you know what? I'd rather give it to you because I know you'll at least get the listing and get a referral fee. And that's something else, you know, as a newbie agent, something I did when I was new, it was a $2 million listing. I knew I didn't have enough experience to get it. So instead of just trying to go for something, knowing that, you know, maybe there was a chance I'd get it, but probably not because I had nothing to back it up with. I gave it and I referred it out and I made, you know, my 25%. So good for you. Don't, don't have the ego in your way of making money. So important. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent, hundred percent. Hey, everyone who's listening to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, if there's a button to subscribe or download or follow, just click that button, leave a review, tell everyone how much you loved listening to Sam and give her five stars. And Sam, if anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? If they want to ask you a question or send you some business. 
they can reach out to me at sam at dbianchi.com. I'm sure you'll spell that out. Yep. And all of my handles are also at Sam dbianchi, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. So yeah. The whole nine. Awesome. Great. So it's been great to have you on the podcast. And like I said before, we're going to put all that stuff in the show notes and we're going to put your YouTube channel in the show notes so you can see her house flipping escapades. Are you, do you, are you doing that regularly, that video, that vlog? I am. So right now there's only four up. It's kind of a... And what takes a lot of time. Podcast. No, well, it's not only that. I, I needed to have it get a new videographer. So okay. I'm in the midst of shooting more, but I have four really good ones out there. I always am open to feedback. But yeah, so there's four good ones and more are definitely coming. Sweet. Love it. Love it. Stuff coming. I'm excited to watch. Sam, thank you so much for being here and it's been fun and we will see everyone on the next Real Estate Rewind. Hope you like this week's show. Feel free to share it with anyone looking to improve their career and their bottom line as a real estate agent. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when new episodes are posted. Real Estate Rewind with Nick Baldwin. Real Estate Unwound.